Had her and her mom lived alone prior to that? Yes. For how long? Her whole life. Since they got divorced when she was two. There's your answer. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 129 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. You nailed it. Thank you. I've been working on it. (laughs) Next, I'm going to do it in a British accent. Oh, no, no, no. Why? Have you been working on that too? I'm starting to work on that tomorrow. Okay. Well, then do it next time. I wasn't going to do it today. I don't want you to run off all of our British listeners. (laughs) Why, David? (laughs) Before we introduce our guest, I do want to make an announcement for the winner of this week's Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. And that person is Eva C. Congratulations, Eva. Woohoo, Eva! Las Vegas. (laughs) Eva, Las Vegas. No, it's Viva. Oh. My bad. Eva, look for an email from us, and we will get you started. That's right. David, (laughs) I I had mentioned the other day that my son didn't know what he wanted for Christmas. I know where this is going. (laughs) And you said, don't get him anything. Just spend that money on kids on the angel tree. Exactly what I said. You would have never said that about your kids. Why are you talking about my kids? Because that's how this works. (laughs) We're not we're not having a conversation about my kids, having a conversation about yours. He said he didn't know what he wanted for Christmas. This has nothing to do with my kids. But you're wanting me to do something to my kid that you would never do to yours. Actually, it was, I was wanting you to not do something to your kid. Well, same difference. <laughs> but here's the thing. You didn't nacho. I didn't ask for your input. I've transcended nachoing. What's that mean? <laughs> Uh, so i I was supposed to not give you my feedback okay i got it yeah but i really wasn't giving you any feedback i was talking out loud i was bs meter i I was thinking to myself in an audible voice (laughs) ah that's what you were doing yeah it wasn't meant for you to hear it's your fault okay now you know we have plenty of (laughs) Listeners that are going to try to pull that crap. (laughs) I wasn't giving you advice or giving you my input. I was just thinking and it popped out of my mouth. (laughs) That's usually what gets us in trouble. Yeah, which is where you are now. Um, But here's the thing is that when I... Oh, Lord. Y'all ready? Pull your britches up. It's getting deep. When I break nacho, as you call it, (laughs) and I interject my thoughtful wisdom into a situation. You call that wisdom? Yeah. Oh. Because in 99.999% of the situations, your son agrees with me. That's just because he's a button pusher. (laughs) No, it's not. In fact, if I were to go to him and say, Jackson, since you don't know what you want for Christmas, what do you think about us getting some angel tree kids and and buying some stuff for them this year. He would say, that's a fantastic idea, stepdaddy. I wonder why my mom didn't come up with that. No. <laughs> he would not say it like that if he did agree with it. 
He would just go, I. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do have that one correct. <laughs> See, you were wrong. I was not wrong. You just decided to be more accurate and not be as storytelling as I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whatever, David. It's that descriptive terminology that enhances reality. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you really are in your own world, aren't you? That's the safest place to be most times. <laughs> that is true. We also have some good news. Go ahead, Papa. My first grandson, my first grandchild and first grandson <laughs> has come to us. Yes. He has through, exited the womb. Through hard labor. <laughs> Very hard labor. He has entered the world. Uh, man. Yep. So he's here. I'm uh, super excited. And uh, unfortunately, I can't go see him because they haven't fully released him from the hospital yet. He's got some some things going on, but, you know, they're taking care of him. And We have seen him, though. Well, yeah, we've seen him, but I can't, you know, like if I had my way, I'd probably like have to work every day. <laughs> I'd probably drive an hour to, to get to see him a little bit. Yeah. Sweet baby. He's so cute. He is. He looks like his mama. Even though I hadn't seen him with his eyes open yet. <laughs> Except in pictures. Apparently, he takes after his stepmom and likes to sleep. His grand step-grandma? Oh, I said stepmom, didn't I? Yeah. We don't have one of those yet. David. (laughs) He will not have one. Which reminds me of a conversation that we were talking about with your oldest triplet, Branson. Okay. He said that he had met someone Mm -hmm. at a bar or something, and... That she was older, and he talked about, he told this to you, not me, but he told you that he really enjoyed the conversation because she was more mature and how he has trouble finding girls his own age that are as mature as he is, or as he thinks he is. (laughs) And then he divulges that this woman that he enjoyed the conversation with has kids. And we were like, no! <laughs> yeah, run! <laughs> don't you do that. Did you not learn anything from us? I know. Don't make me have to make you apply for the Nacho Kids Scholarship. <laughs> yeah, because you ain't getting in there for free, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. No, and, you know, our kids have, they've seen the good and the bad and the ugly, for sure. So I don't. I don't know they'll be quick to get into that, but... I was the good, you were the bad and the ugly. But, (laughs) um, you know, oftentimes, and you and I did the same thing, oftentimes you look at everybody else and you go, oh, yeah, but I can do it better. I can do it easier. I can do it quicker. You know, we did the same thing when all these people were telling us, you know... Run! Yeah, be careful, and there's a lot to it, and you better know what you're getting into, and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we got this. You know, and we really don't want to discourage anybody from getting into a blend, except for our own kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of, you know, walk in with your eyes wide open on both sides. Because sometimes we see that where one person kind of has that, or they have been misled by the small, small fraction of step families who just have it made. I mean, they just fire on all cylinders. You, you hear these stories where, 
Somebody comes out of a step family. They're like, dude, our step family was awesome. I love my stepdad. And they, everybody got along great. It was fantastic. And then they get into a step family and they're like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> Rainbows and unicorns step family that you refer to don't always tell people that they're tripping on acid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to a large degree, I didn't have any intentions for my kids to see the problems that you and I were having, but it just got to the point where you couldn't hide anything anymore. It just completely spilled over into everything. Like I didn't care if the mailman knew we was having problems or male lady, male person. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, one thing we did not do was go on Facebook and talk crap about each other. Oh Lord. That is, that's a whole nother thing. Like, Mm. That irritates me. Yeah, you don't want that popping up in your memories 10 years from now when things are great <laughs> and all of a sudden it pops up in your memory. Yeah, my husband sucks and he doesn't parent his kids and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, you're just adding to the problem because, I mean, no matter how bad things were at home, um, even though people close to us knew what was going on, I didn't want everybody to hear what was going on. I didn't want you going out there and blabbing all over Facebook about it. It just, it adds to the, the problem. <laughs> Instead, I just created a website. <laughs> yeah. Go out there and start nacho kids and tell everybody. <laughs> um, no, but we were on the other side of it by then. You know, it's it just, oh, man, it, it, it adds so much more anger and resentment to an already bad situation when you do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about our guest today. Okay. Our guest today is Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hey, David. Hey, David. <laughs> <laughs> We're so stupid. She has a grandkid the same age as her stepkid. Wow. Yeah. She's been blending five years, has six stepkids, two bio kids, and a grandson. Stepkids are ages 43, 40, 39, 38, 23. Those are all boys. And stepdaughter, nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just like, wow. Uh-huh. The hardest part of her blend right now. Starting over. <laughs> is her partner does not nacho her grandson. Really? Now, that's a first. Mm -hmm. Well, it just goes to show that this whole blended dynamic has challenges at every stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These, these people. Let me, all right. Listen. Listen, folks. I'm listening. If you are the person that thinks this ends when they turn 18, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Like a slap in the face. Like a slap in your mama's face. <laughs> That's how rude it's going to be. It's going to be so rude. Your five generations from now is going to feel it. Yeah, that kind of slap in the face. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't end. It just changes. And some things come back around in cycles. Like, for example, we have been enjoying a time where there's not a lot of interaction with the ex on my side because my kids are grown. They've moved out. They've started careers, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? One of them has a son now. And guess what that brings about? Bio mom. It brings about the bio grandmom. Oh, yeah. Darn it. Whatever she is. <laughs> and so, you know, now it's a different dynamic, though. It's not like we have to deal with each other on the same level. But there's still those interactions that end up happening. You still end up having to be in the same um, universe with them at times. 
<laughs> and you know, it's just it's challenging. And I was I was talking to one of my family members not long ago about how <laughs> as a family, you know, as as my grandson gets older and he has birthdays and things like that, now we're bringing all the family of both sides together for these birthdays and that's going to be a challenge in and of itself because although I can be nice and put up a front <laughs> for a couple of hours, some people in my family I don't think can do that. <laughs> okay, but some people in your family do it very well, like almost two-faced well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, it, you know. But, you know, my thing is just, just hold your peace for two hours or whatever it is. None of that even matters anymore. Yeah, but tell them what this person said that's going to have to happen. Oh, uh, they, they suggested that there just needs to be two birthday parties. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you want me to ask my son to throw two birthday parties because we can't be in the same space. And I get it. There are people that probably should do that. But we're I think we're beyond things enough to where that's not necessary. doesn't mean we have to enjoy the presence of the other people, but it's not about us or them. It's about the birthday party for my grandson or, or whoever it happens to be. And so I can, I'm a pretty good person about ignoring people. So I can ignore people that Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to. I can even act like I like you for a time. Nope. See, I can't cause that's lying. Yeah, I can I can do that for I can hey, how you doing? I don't really care why you but I'll ask you how you doing. Well, I can be decent to you. I'm not gonna be ugly. Well that's what I mean. I can be cordial. There you go. Yeah. Cordial. Well, that's like when we were in the hospital the other day and Avery said, Mom's here. I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> Lori got to go. Well, there's I mean, there's things that you and I both do that I think aren't reciprocated on the other side. That that's nice. For example, there's been many a times when you've said things to my kids that are a consideration for their mom. Like you might say, did you get your mom something for Mother's Day? Or have you called her for Mother's Day? Or something like that, where you're reminding them of something that has nothing to do with you, but it's very considerate that you're doing for her. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other day when there was an incident that happened, I asked my son, I was like, make sure you call your mom and let her know. Again, just being nice. I could say I don't really care if she knows or don't. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I both do that. Um, and, and it's pretty sure not reciprocated. But I don't expect it to be. So <laughs> I don't get disappointed. <laughs> but you know what's funny? And I don't know if I'll feel this way when Jackson has a baby. But, you know, when the nurse asked who we were, and it was grandpa or granddad, whatever, and step-grandma. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know if it's because it's got grandma on the end or the whole step-grandma thing. It's like, oh, God, here it goes again. Step-granny. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm Well, no, you don't know what I'm saying. It just, no. it was just weird. Because I want him to call you step-mammy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Step-mammy. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it'll be weird when Jackson has a baby. Well, we'll find out before long. Shut up. <laughs> See, there you go, making me tell you to shut up, and that's really not nice. You're a rude, rude, crude individual. You make me that way. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know when it's my child if 
just being called grandma or grandmother or whatever. Yeah, because then I'll be I'll be step whatever. Yeah, so you'll have to let us know how you feel about that when that happens later on many years down the road and don't say nothing else about my baby. I'll say, we ain't getting that kid no Christmas either. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, you need to feel that way about your grandkids. <laughs> I've already bought Gideon's Christmas presents. I know. Sometimes I think you're more excited than I am. Yeah. I'm excited to spend time with him. You're excited just to buy junk. <laughs> no. There's a difference. I'm excited to spend it, time with him. You look at it as, oh, here's a license to shop. David. <laughs> All right. I don't want to tell y'all too much about our guest today. So we're just going to jump into this because David and I have been talking way too long. All right. Here we go. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom, Kathy. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Hey, Lori, how are you? I'm great. Doing good. Tell us how long you've been blending and how many stepkids and all that happy stuff. Okay, so we've been blending a little over five years. And my children are grown, but my stepkids range from 43, I think he is this year, all the way down to nine years old. And there are six of them. Do what? (laughs) <laughs> yes. So my my husband has you had he had children early in life, starting when he was 19 or 20. He had children, had three children with no four four boys with his first baby's mama, his first wife. Okay. And with his second wife, he had one boy. And then he married a woman 30 years his junior. <gasps> yes. And they had a baby because she she just had to have that one baby. So that is why I have a husband who is in his late 60s and a stepchild who is nine. Okay, so I just did the math in my head. Mm-hmm. He was 57, 58 when mm-hmm. stepdaughter was born. And so the baby's mama is 28, 29? At the time she was born. Holy moly. Yes. So I guess um, she was a graduate student in one of his intern uh, programs and they just fell in love. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they had little uh, they had little stepdaughter and she is the only I mean, you know, I see the of course, I see his other children at family gatherings. And there was a college age. There's a college age son who just recently graduated college. So we had him the first year or two to we were together in the summer and I got to know him a little bit, but the really the only child of his that I've had anything to do with, you know, too much is the nine-year-old. Right. She's at home during his custody times. Okay. And how often does he have her? In the summer, it's week on, week off. But during the rest of the year, it is during the school year, it is every other weekend and some holidays. And how far away does she live from y'all? That's been the bone of contention of our relationship. Uh-oh. We we all lived in Annapolis for the first year together. Then her mother decided that she needed to live near her parents 
for support, quote unquote, which was crazy because she had all the support in the world with us. We were available. I mean, he's retired. My husband's retired. So, you know, there was no need for a third party to help. Mm -hmm. But she wanted to be near her parents. So she moved all the way up to Pennsylvania, which was hours, two and a half hours away from our house. So I still had my full time job in the city and we could not move up there at that time. But we've been we've moved three times in five years and we have gotten each time a little bit more near to bio mom and stepdaughter. So now we are only half an hour away from her and I'm not moving up any farther. (laughs) (laughs) So did y'all move with the intentions of getting closer to her? No, we were renting because we hadn't decided where we wanted to live for our retirement. So we were renting and you know, the housing market is crazy right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. Kept getting these great rental houses. And then the landlord would up and sell because he'd say, oh, this is, it's never going to get any higher. I'm going to sell now. So we would have to move. And then he would, he would just gradually finding places that were a little closer. And, and I really couldn't blame him because I felt as though if it was me, there's no way anybody could get me to live anywhere that wasn't close to my children. Yeah. I'd want to live on the same block. Right. Exactly. So even though it was really inconvenient for me, and, and now I'm an hour and a, I'm an over an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes away from my grandson, which is not ideal for me. But uh, he's my grandson. He's not my son, so he has the greater claim here. Right, but this still, is why we're up here? Yeah, but it's hard. You know, it's hard. My grandson and I are really close. So, what's your relationship like with your stepdaughter now? It's been through so many phases. When we first met, she just fell in love with me. She was so crazy about me. She was a little tiny four-year-old, and she was as sweet as she could be. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this one before. Mm -hmm. And we did everything together, and uh, I was her favorite. Uh, We had a lot of interests in common. We both liked to craft and make things. So that was, you know, kind of a natural way for us to bond. And as time went by... I don't know what's going on with bio mom because um, she always acts respectful to my face, but I got a feeling there's something else going on now because now she comes in with all this anxiety and she can't say what she feels around me. She, she says she feels uncomfortable with me in the house and this is all kind of new. So it's gotten gradually harder as she turns into a young lady. But she can't say exactly what's, why she doesn't want to be around you? Well, she feels jealous, and she didn't feel jealous before. Before, she was more jealous of my time. So if my grandson was over, she would cry and try to take his place. But now, she's more jealous of her father's time as she's gotten older. And she just wants to be the number one lady of the house. So she's going through that, where you know she wants to be the one that makes the decisions. And I'm constantly having to say, you, you know, you don't live in my bedroom. <laughs> Take your little behind back over to your side of the house. You know, I've always tried to have boundaries with her. And she she seemed like she was good when she was uh, younger. And now she's kind of challenging all those assumptions that we had that things were going to be okay. And she's developed a really severe case of anxiety. So uh, last three, four school days, she hasn't even gone to school because she said her anxiety is too bad to go to school. And it's killing me because. If it was my child, you go to school. If you feel anxious, if I have to sit next to you so that you attend school, you attend school. 
So does she have any siblings at all? Yeah, she's got the four boys, but they're all adults. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in on mom's side. Are there any other oh, siblings? Side, no, no. Now, mom, as at, after she got divorced from from my husband, she found herself another man that's a similar age. Hmm. Yeah. We can so all come mother, to our own conclusions on that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's daddy issues. I'm not sure what's going on there, but that seems to be where she's comfortable. And I don't think she will have any more children because his children are well grown, too. Yeah. So... Is there anything that changed that you can pinpoint as to why a stepdaughter would start acting this way? Did y'all move and then closer and then all of a sudden she started changing a little bit or? So I retired in August and I think that's where some of the trouble started because I'm home now and I never was home. You know, I was, I worked more than full time. I worked probably 50 to 60 hours a week as a police detective. And so I really didn't see her that much because I would schedule overtime just so they could have that time together. I was had to work some overtime anyway, but I would put it in the time when they were going to be together because, you know, then they could just do things together. And to be quite honest, I really did not want to raise another child. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. When when we met, we met on a dating website and I was specifically screening against people with children because I was done. Mm-hmm. And I saw his picture. He approached me and I was like, oh, he's cute. He really is a dashing looking man. He's really handsome. And I he's was like, dashing. Wow. I love that dashing. He is. He's so dignified looking. He looks like what he is. He's a professor of robotics and that's what he looks like. So, I mean, I was like, wow, look at this intelligent man. He's got his doctorate. You know, he he had this distinguished career. He's he's a, a good age. You know, he's not a he's not a youngster looking to have another family. And there was this cute little girl in just one of his pictures that he had on the profile. So I commented in our back and forth, oh, I love your granddaughter. She's so cute. She looks about the same age as my grandson, which she is. And his response was, oh, thank you. Not that's my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) He he wasn't going to spill the beans. Uh Uh-uh. It took a while before I found out. It took a while. Because, you know, that would have been the last conversation had I known. Yeah. <laughs> Dashing all you want with a nine-year-old, I wasn't interested. So when did you find out it was his daughter? I mean, it wasn't too long, of course. it was. I guess it was probably around the third or fourth date. So I really liked him, but there hadn't been any kind of commitments or, you know, sleeping together or anything like that. But enough that I was like, oh, well, yeah, but I really like him, you know, one of those type of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The dating pool, let me just say the dating pool in your late fifties is probably not what it was in your (laughs) twenties. Oh, I'm sure. It really, you know, I mean, considering his competition out there in the world, it's like, wow, he still has all his hair and his teeth. (laughs) 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 You know, he's still in good shape and all that. So, you know, a lot of guys his age are just not. Yeah, you've got to weigh your, I don't want to say options, but weigh what's important to you. Is it more important that he has teeth or that he has a grand, I mean, a daughter that's the age of your grandson? Right. And I read it also. <laughs> okay. She's, she's, uh, she's, she's with her mom most of the time. We're only going to have her every other weekend. And we met in the fall. So it was a good little time until we had her for, you know, like weeks at a time. So 
You know, yeah. I, I, I reasoned all that. I was like, oh, you know, it's every other weekend. How bad could it possibly be? I'll just work on those weekends. And that is what I did for the first three, four years. And then I retired. And that's when things got tricky. Well, since you're home more and she's coming every other weekend, do you still try to give them some alone time? Or? I do. Okay. I do. This weekend, I, I went and picked my grandson up when they, they because they had a custody weekend. And we were gone. You know, we went to the petting zoo and we went out to dinner. I don't think we were here more than five or six hours with him being awake and me being awake. So I do, especially with her having anxiety lately. I really try to leave them alone. You know, I had, I had fully reengaged with this child and now I'm just stepping way, way back. You know, that's one of the things about the nacho process. And you know this because you've done it. You nacho, you get to the point of reengagement then something happens that's out of your control and you find yourself having to nacho again. And it doesn't mean that you care any less about the kids. It's just the circumstances have put you in a place that you've got to back up a little bit. Yes. I got a a real wake up call from her a couple of weeks ago. And that's when I stepped way back. So where does she say her anxiety is coming from? Well, she's, her parents believe and her therapist believes that it is um, biological because her mother spends weeks at a time just completely disabled. And I think that she has learned some of this behavior from her mother and probably some is biological. So her mother has issues? Her mom's got severe anxiety and is medicated for it. And so her mom spends weekends on the sofa sometimes, you know, with her head in her hands, just freaked out. So she worries about her mother and she also emulates her. You know, she she follows her behavior. She thinks that's normal. She thinks it's normal in her world. It is normal. It's what she has seen in her world. It's normal to quit when you get anxious. In my world, it isn't. Right. What has the therapist said? Are they trying any medicine or anything? Well, she didn't get to go. This was part of the problem. She's been in therapy for years, even though she's only nine. But the therapist did not work during COVID because she didn't feel as though you could really work with kids properly on a Zoom call. And I can get I get that. I do. I think it would be tough with kids on Zoom. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, it would have been better than nothing. So she was without a therapist for a whole year and got really sick during that year. I tried to talk with her a couple of weeks ago. I had the occasion to take her home from school. And it usually wasn't my job. He usually, they, they take care of their child. I don't usually have too many problems where they dump her on me anymore because I spent a whole year establishing boundaries mm-hmm. five years ago when I first learned about Nacho. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she was thrown in my lap at first and I was like, oh no. And, and that's when I sought out your website and your help. And, and I, I established very firm boundaries. So, Two weeks ago, when I got the call, you know, no one is available to pick her up from school. I was more than happy because, you know, if you don't ever do it, then when it is an emergency, it's an emergency. So you're understanding of that. Mm -hmm. So I went and got her and we had the nicest long talk. She told me, I'm anxious about this. And it was just all little stuff. Like she was the new kid in class this year and her mom and dad, her mom and her mom's new husband just moved in together. It was a lot of changes for her. And she told me that was what's causing the stress. And I felt like, wow, we made a lot of progress. I'm glad, you know, we took this ride together. We rode around for about an hour just chatting about stuff that's stressing her out. She told me some things. And 
I felt very satisfied that, you know, that I understood and that we had made a good connection. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, I guess it was about a day or two later, I told my husband, oh, yeah, I talked with um, with your little girl. And, and she told me that she's just stressed out about the changes. And I'm so glad that you let me pick her up from school. You asked me to pick her up from school because I really got a chance to talk. And he said, oh, really? Well, this is surprising to me because she told me, don't ever let you drive her home from school again. And she was super disappointed that I didn't pick her up. And she was really feeling anxious that whole time which totally was not the vibe I got from her. She seemed 100% comfortable. Okay. It sounds like stepdaughters using the anxiety as a bit of a manipulation tool. You think? Yeah. (laughs) I know everybody listening is going, yeah, you think? (laughs) No, no. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, because if you, if she would have been anxious with you, she would not have talked to you about this stuff. No, I don't think so either. Man, kids learn to manipulate young. And I was so puzzled. I ate at first I believed him. I was like, oh, wow, that's terrible. You know, what can I do to make her feel more comfortable? Then I thought about it and I told him she's triangulating us because she mm-hmm. told me during the conversation that she she felt the most comfortable with me. So she said some negative things about him and bio mom during the conversation, which I don't repeat because I think that's just a way to tear people up. Yes. But he repeats everything that she says about me. And that's probably not a good idea. Right. Yeah. And you've got a good point. When you repeat things that she tells you that's about her parents, it tears them up. It tears them up. And it's going to tear up your relationship with her. Yes. If they confront her with it. Which they will. Well, and I'm sitting here wondering, since you thought things went so well, and she's telling your husband a different story. I wonder if you both talked to her about that day you picked her up, what her response would be. Yes, I would love to do that. I even talked to him about that. And I said, let's let's sit down with her and get this sorted out so that the three of us are, you know, on the same sheet of music so that I know if somebody says, oh, you need to pick her up again. I can say comfortably, OK, great, I'll go get her. Rather than, well, I don't know if that's such a good idea. And my husband just says, no, she's feeling too much anxiety now. She's freaking out too much. I'm not putting anything else on her. We're not going to confront her at this point of time. But you scheduled time for me to meet with her therapist. So I guess what I'm, what's going to have to happen is I'm going to have to ask the therapist and probably the therapist will make this decision. Yeah. And that may be best. I'm glad you are meeting with the therapist. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about it because I've really kept my opinions to myself about them keeping her home from school. But you know, the therapist's gonna, you know how therapists are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they get you to tell them what you think. They're good at it. Oh, yeah. You don't have to tell them anything. <laughs> right, right. She's going to get it out of me how I feel about this. And I'm worried that that's going to come into play and it's going to unnacho me. <laughs> well, you know, when I said I was glad you were going, I was thinking about the whole nacho thing because you are kind of back at a place that you're teetering on. Where do I go with this? I thought things were still good. Apparently they're not. Do I nacho supreme again? Do I nacho light? What do I do? Mm -hmm. And rather than going into detail with the therapist, I would say maybe just say something like, I don't necessarily agree with their parenting 
but I leave that up to them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to have to say because that's the truth. Yeah, you know, I, I don't agree, but I do respect their decisions because I don't have chronic anxiety. So, I mean, I, I really don't know how much of it is put. I know some of it's put on. I just know that because I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I raised a little girl. Mm-hmm. So I know that that all that is not real, but some of it probably is. Well, but you saw an example of something's not right. Mm-hmm. She can't play, oh, I'm comfortable with you and I'm sharing things with you to, oh, don't ever have her pick me up again. I hate her and don't want to be around her. She makes me anxious. Right. Not that she says she hated you, but you know what I'm saying. No, but, you know, she hated the, the idea that I was going to pick her up. And she's so funny acting now. She's so funny acting. I mean, last night we had her with us. And traditionally, she and I always on Sunday night would do an activity together. And the rest of the weekend was with her dad. But usually Sunday night was our time to do a craft. So I had put aside these Halloween signs for her to paint with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what she did with them, but she was painting something else by herself. And it was a little sign that said, my family. And I said, oh, you decide to paint something else? She said, what are you talking about? I said, I thought we were going to do the Halloween signs. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I never gave her <laughs> Halloween signs five days ago. Like, like it never happened. Uh-huh. And just, you know, just the fact that she's painting this sign that says my family. It was just like, in your face, Miss Kathy, in your face. <laughs> yeah. And yes. I, I can't tell you how hurt I was. And I shouldn't have been because she's a nine-year-old. But it's just hurt my feelings. I was like. Well, it still hurts. It doesn't matter how young they are and how old we are. And it's okay that it hurts. If it didn't hurt, I wouldn't say you didn't care. But, well, I guess if it didn't hurt, you wouldn't care, huh? (laughs) That's true. That's true. If it didn't hurt my feelings, then I wouldn't care. And I have always cared about her. Even when I just met her, She's, she's the daughter of someone that I love. And as a result, she's important to me, you know, mm-hmm. even if that's all she ever wants to be now is just that daughter of him and not anything to me. And I know, see, I don't know if you read my post about Mother's Day. Mother's Day was was something. She was with her mom, of course, because that's part of their contract. But she came to see me two weeks later. She had a weekend with us and she came in. She had a big smile on her face and she pulled this poster out of her backpack. And it was beautiful. It was laminated, had little hearts on it. And there was a a photo of her in the corner blowing little heart kisses. And on the back of it, she wrote this beautiful letter about how she loved me. And she was so happy that that I was in her life. And she gave it to me. She said, Happy Mother's Day. And then she said, I know it's late, but I had to hide this in my backpack for two weeks so that my mother wouldn't find out that I made one for you as well as her. And that, that kind of gave me a clue as to how much stress this little kid is under. Yeah. So it could very possibly be loyalty binds that she's struggling with right now. That's what I suspect. And that's really sad. Yeah. But think about it. She may have these loyalty binds with her mom to where she doesn't want her mom to know that she had a nice time hanging out with you the day you picked her up. So she thinks your husband may feel the same way. He does. He gets so jealous. Mm -hmm. She's going to tell him, oh, no, I'd rather you pick me up. I don't want Miss Kathy picking me up anymore. Yep. That's got to be part of it. That's got to be part of it. Yeah, there's something going on. 
And when did her, her mom get remarried? I don't even, are they married yet? I don't know, but they just start, They just moved in together probably mm, right around three, four months ago. Right when the trouble started. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Had her and her mom lived alone prior to that? Yes. For how long? Her whole life. Since there's, they got divorced when she was two. There's your answer. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's what's going on. She feels like she's lost her mom to this man because they're living with him. Mm-hmm. She, she's afraid she's going to lose her dad to you and because all of a sudden you're up. home more often. That's right. And now she's doing all this acting out because she's lost both of their attention completely. Mm-hmm. Oh. You should be a detective, Lori. <laughs> hey, you were the detective. <laughs> no, but you know how it is. You can't figure out when it's you. When it's other people, it's so much more clear, isn't it? It is. It is. It, it's always that way. We can't see the trees for the forest or whatever that saying is. Yeah, we're too close to the problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And we take it too personally. We're like, oh, it's because I stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, I suck as a stepmom. That's what it has to be. It probably doesn't really have that much to do with me or who I am. And it's so funny because I wrote something today about it's not always about you. And, you know, somebody will go, oh, it is about me because they'll say, I hate Miss Kathy. Well, no, they hate what Miss Kathy represents, Mm -hmm. not you as a person. No, granted, if you are the evil stepmom, then maybe they do really hate you. Yeah, Maybe then it's your (laughs) fault. Yes. Yeah. If you're evil, then you're evil. (laughs) Right. But for the most part, it's what you represent to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I represent part of what she's going through, which is losing her mother, who really was the most important person in her life. Uh huh. She lost her mother, started a new school. You retired, all that within a short time frame three or three months, three or four months. Yeah, this little kid probably feels like her whole world is spinning around. Mm hmm. But I'm so glad that you're at that point where you can step back and see that rather than, oh, that bratty kid. She's just trying to get attention no matter how she gets it. And She's just trying to push me out of the picture. You know what I mean? You're able to say, hang on, little Susie's having some issues. Yes, I can say that objectively, but like it's still, she still gets me because last night we were taking a walk. This is before dinner. We were taking a walk and the path got narrow to only two people could fit. So she just pushed me out of the way and <laughs> grabbed her daddy's hand. I was like, you little stinker. You know? <laughs> So even though objectively, I know that you're right. And I, I had, I know, you know, it's nothing to do with me and that eventually it probably will resolve somewhat. It's still painful every time it happens. And I just need to find ways to not react right, or keep my reactions to a minimum at least. And it may be more painful now because you had reengaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus when everything was crazy. Yeah, it hurt, but not as bad. But now right. it's, oh, I thought we were closer than that. And here little Susie's bumping me off the trail with her hip so she can <laughs> go with her dad. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's I could have been down in the ditch and she would have been just as pleased. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you next go round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got my daddy all to myself now. And I really thought that she would have had enough of him because they were together all weekend doing things, but apparently not. Has she always been a daddy's girl? 
Mm-mm, no, she she was. I, I say she was really into me before this. She really was because she was a woman's type of girl. You know, she does crafts and she is she's very pretty and she liked to dress up and all this other stuff. So her mother spent most of the time with her. Her grandmother was very close to her, and I was very close to her. So all this daddy, this daddy, that is very new. It's got to be related to that them moving in with that man or him moving in with them. You think I'm, I can't figure out how, but it must be. It must have something to do with that. Well, you know, a lot of times we see where the woman can date a billion people, but as mm-hmm. soon as the man gets married, it changes things. It's almost like the kids see it as, oh my God, my dad married this woman. There's never any chance of my parents getting back together. Even though moms had 15 boyfriends in the meantime, or even husbands, it seems to be different sometimes when it's the stepmom. But maybe with her case, it is the stepdad. Maybe she looks at this as this father figures in her life all of a sudden. He's not her daddy. So it's Mm -hmm. pushed her towards her daddy more. And she's afraid of losing her mom. It may be that since she's very close to her mom. and. Since we're not using her name and or my last name, I can tell you, I think this little girl is going to turn out, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I do think she's gay. Okay. She's got that whole energy, and she started dressing very androgynous, and she just has, it's just a certain energy. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it, um, but I'm saying that may be a reason why, because she identifies that way oh. that this loss is so hard for her. Yeah. Well, and two... It depends on what the interaction is with her and the stepdad. Is he trying to play daddy with her? You know, clean up your room, eat your Brussels sprouts, all that stuff. I can't imagine her mom would put up with that because she's, all due respect, you know, I've never talked bad about her mother because I, I respect her, but she's got a strong enough personality that she's just very attached to this little girl. I can't imagine her allowing anybody to discipline her in any way other mm-hmm. than her. She doesn't even like her father to have anything to say about her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm very careful with this woman. You know, she's a very she's a doctor. She's very intelligent. I'm just super careful with her because I don't want to get on her bad side. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get some arsenic in the mail or anything. Well, I just don't write that. And because this little girl is so close to her mother, I've had to school my my own mind because you know how if you feel some certain way, it's going to come out eventually. Mm-hmm. So I school my mind. I'm like, no, this is a nice woman. And this woman loves this little girl that you're so fond of. That's her mother. She's a person of honor. She's treated you with respect. You must treat her with respect at all times. You know, I never allow myself to think badly of her because if I do, it's going to come out. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> because number one, that is not easy to do. Mm-mm. And number two, that helps you and your soul because you're not feeding it this negativity about the bio mom. Right. That's right. And, you know, that would that would hurt this little girl so much if I felt ill about her. Mm-hmm. It, would, it, would, it would hurt her so much because... She loves her mother above anybody else. So if I thought negatively of her, I wouldn't have a chance with her at all. Right. Maybe rightfully so. But plus, I was a single mom. I know how hard it is. 
So that's why I was respectful of her because I'm like, I know what you're doing. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. And your husband's not easy either. I mean, my husband was your husband and we all know he's not easy. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we have that in common that we know how difficult my husband is. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I get it. You know, I get it. And that's why when I hear on the website, people just talking crap about what a tramp or or this or that the bio mama is. I'm like, do you know your husband was married to this woman? Oh, well, (laughs) yeah. And then they'll say, I just can't believe he married somebody like that. Or, you know, they'll make comments to him. Like, how could you marry that piece of trash or (laughs) sleep with her and have kids with her? Yeah. It, it degrades them to to say things like that, though. That degrades it degrades your relationship and you because we're all women, you know. We're all women here together. <laughs> Being well, a woman is, is not easy, right? And I'm sure that my ex's girlfriends think the absolute worst of me because what do they know about me? What he has said. That's it. Right. And if they're not intelligent enough, of course, my husband has said some doozies about bio mom because they're divorced. So of course, mm-hmm. he saw the worst of her. Right. And, you know, she's keeping this little girl away from him. So, of course, he's got bad feelings. I don't look at it like that. I'm like, I wasn't in their relationship. I wasn't in their bedroom to see what all went down between them. I am quite certain there was two sides to this little rodeo. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that I'm, I don't know who was at fault, but I'm sure both people had a part to play. Always. Right. So I, I'm always surprised when someone is short sighted about their partner enough to say, I don't understand why she didn't see the value in my so-and-so. I'm like, "Mm, well, I'm sure he's not perfect. You know, I'm sure he's not perfect. I'm sure he did some things that must have been, you know, not great or they'd still be married. I mean, it takes two. That's true. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about you and stepdaughter and just give it time. I feel like that she's just got a lot on her right now. She's going through a lot of transitions mm-hmm. and she doesn't need you to change. So keep being you keep offering to do things with her just for a little bit longer. And then if you see that there's still pushback, then, you know, go stronger on your nacho scale. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. I think you are. I think I- if I step too far back, it might be bad. Right, because that's going to be another drastic change in her life. You know, you were her stability. You were her person, for lack of a better word. And just because things have shifted and she may not be feeling that way or showing that way towards you, she still needs you to be that person. Yeah. If if I can't be bigger than a nine-year-old, then I'm not much anyway. <laughs> it's hard, though, because they can be mean little things. Girls can be so evil. <laughs> they can be so mean. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine said that um, she asked her daughter, they were somewhere and she was trying on a dress and she said, does uh, this dress look okay? She said, yeah, if you get rid of all them fat rolls underneath it. <laughs> oh, my mom would have slapped me across the room. Mom would have too, but my friend was just in shock. She said she just stood there with her mouth open like, what did you just say to me? I know. That's that's so, they don't think we're people though, you know? Our mm-hmm. children and our stepchildren, they don't think of us as people. We're like figureheads to them. We're like political figures. Yeah, no like emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they're, I think kids at nine are still like, what can you do for me? 
they're not interested in how they can assist you and your emotions. Honey, I think kids at 30 and 40 are still that way sometimes. My daughter can still be like that at 33. Mm -hmm. She can still be extremely selfish. Oh, yeah. Can you do that? It's difficult to deal with when you're not a selfish person because you see it and you're like, why are you that way? All these people do things for you, but yet you are not willing to do anything for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to reckon. It it is. I try to think about when I was nine, if I was like that and I don't think I was allowed to be, I was the oldest of seven. So I had a lot of responsibility already when I was nine. I was the middle. Yeah. I was the middle. Yes. And three. Okay. So slap dab in the middle, but my mama believed in responsibility straight out of the womb. Mm-hmm. I was ironing my dad's lab jackets at like seven years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that, that wasn't child abuse back then. Themselves. No, it wasn't. It was expected. And what did you say? These kids don't what? They don't, they don't even pick up their own dish or make their bed. I know. <laughs> she has yet to wash a dish or make a bed at, at nine. And that to me is, that's crazy. I, and if she was mine, she'd know how to do all those things. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be the one to. <laughs> oh, no. you're. That's not the hill you're dying on. No. <laughs> I, I can wash the dishes. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit smarter than your average child. So where a stepchild can make your life miserable if they want to, she can make your life really miserable because she can fake an anxiety attack. Yeah. And, and you that's know, going to get attention. Yeah, and that's going to be one thing that is going to have to be addressed at some point, too, by her dad or the therapist, because you know you can't say anything. Oh, no. No, it's all real. Sure, honey, mm-hmm. it's all real. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, she's too anxious to go to school, but she can go to birthday parties and soccer games all weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm over here shaking my head. It's, you know, like the same kids are at the birthday party that was at the school this morning, so... Uh, how is that? To me, a birthday party is way more socially anxious situation than a school than a classroom is. Yeah, I would think. But you know, <laughs> how is it her parents can't see that? Because they're her parents. It's that blinded by love for your child that you would never think that they would lie or deceive or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't think I was this naive with my kids, but maybe that's because I was a detective and I just saw so much bad stuff all the time that I knew everybody lied all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That might've had something to do with it because (laughs) even with my son, (laughs) this is horrible, unless there is proof beyond a shadow of a doubt, then I'll be like, no, he didn't do that. I remember this one time, David swears that Jackson climbed out of his bedroom window. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. And we did see a footprint on the outside of the siding on the house. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, no, we had that crazy dog that there's no way anybody could have came in or went out without us knowing. Even in Jackson's bedroom, because he was high alert, you know? Yeah. So, David, you know, he nachos for the most part. Mm-hmm. I guess he decided to break nacho for a few minutes, and he made me a videotape. And the videotape 
shows Jackson's windowsill with a footprint on it or a shoe print on it. And he takes the shoe and puts it right up to it and lifts it off and puts it right back on it <laughs> to show <laughs> to show this is the shoe. And it's going out the window, not coming in. But mom, somebody stole my shoes and took them out and then brought them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jackson's like, no. He said, I tried to jump back in the window after I let Moses out and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. And it just so happens that's the same night that at 12 o'clock, I get a text that said, I was vacuuming my window and my window seal and broke my screen. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Like he ever vacuums the window sill. Oh, God love him. What and da- David, <laughs> well, he does occasionally, but David does still bring it up. Say, uh huh, that's about like Jackson and vacuuming the windowsill, and I just bust out laughing because I'm thinking my little boy wouldn't lie to me about that. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And you're lucky because your husband nachos also. My mine does not. Mine has his face all up in my grandson's business all weekend when he's here. Why do you think that is? Because he doesn't, he doesn't understand about Nacho, although I have explained it to him, and he's very intelligent. He hasn't read about the, all the different people on that website and what happened before they Nacho. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a stepchild like that. Mine are grown, so he doesn't have to worry about whether they really like him or not. It's not that important. But I bet he's tougher on your grandson than he is your, his daughter. Oh, my God. This poor little boy. I'll tell you what. If the two of them are playing and some toy is broken, oh, he broke it. He broke it. If they get in a fight and both of them are crying, he did it. He must have did. What did he do to her? Poor little thing. What did he do to her? (laughs) Meanwhile, this little boy, he's so, bless his heart, he's not nearly as intelligent as the stepdaughter. The stepdaughter, she's a genius. And he cannot, my grandson's a normal kid. And he cannot even hope to keep up with the manipulations this little girl can do. Can't even hope to. And it has no interest in it. In fact, we, we were going to the petting zoo this weekend. I said, do you want to take her with us? Do you want to ask her to go? He said, no, because I don't want to deal with her nonsense this weekend. <laughs> if she doesn't like the animals, she'll have an anxiety attack, and then we'll have to leave before we see the bear. <laughs> hey, he's telling the truth. Yes, he's absolutely telling the truth. He knows. Mm-hmm. He's got her number, but her daddy doesn't. Yeah. Then I guess that's probably typical. It is. It is. And it's normal, too, that your husband's going to be protective of his daughter. And he's going to see what your grandson does wrong before he sees what his daughter does wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that little girl doesn't do anything wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> About like my little boy. What are you talking about? <laughs> the two perfect children in the world, your stepdaughter and my son. <laughs> They're the two ones. They're the only ones that are perfect. It was funny this morning. He he was complaining. He'd been texting her and she wouldn't answer the text. He said, she bothers me to death when she's here. But when I text her just to see if she's all right, she doesn't answer the text. Why is that? I said, because she's doing something that's more interesting and she's not bothered about you. Uh-huh. He, he'd just been complaining about it, but I said that little thing and all of a sudden I'm a bee. Uh-huh. Oh, how could you say that about her? That's not true. She probably lost her phone or it's turned off or she's in the middle of something like a bath. I'm like, okay, you can't <laughs> say anything. Nothing. Right. Nothing. nothing. Yes. Nothing. And I know a lot of people say, 
You are really telling me I cannot say anything about the stepkid. I said that nope. is what I'm telling you. It's not productive. Right. It'll get turned around. That's right. If you said, oh, well, she's probably doing something with her mom. Oh, you're just saying she loves her mom more than me and is ignoring me. You never said exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Anything you say. So you uh-huh. best to say nothing at all. Because if you say a po- even a positive thing like, Oh, she's really good at that. What are you saying? She's not good at this? <laughs> no, I was saying she looked good in pink. Not that she didn't look good in blue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, you know, it's an it's a non-winnable battle. And the sad case in our, our thing is that we're going to be dealing with this child until we're, you know, until I'm 70. <laughs> until I'm 70. <laughs> Yeah, you got a long way to go. Yeah, nine is. Uh, 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 uh. And how old is your grandson? Nine. They, okay. They're born two weeks apart. So. Oh wow. Yes. You want to talk about some jealousy when they were four? The spot next to me, you 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 would have think it conveyed upon someone a winning lottery ticket. They would jockey and fight to sit next to me. Not no more. But there was a lot of jealousy between those two, and there still is still a lot of hard feelings about that because he's my grandson. I'm always going to choose him. He's my blood. Right. And my husband cannot understand that. He's like, yeah, but she's your stepdaughter. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. She's just somebody else's kid to me. I love it, her. Sure. But it's not the same. It's no different than him choosing his daughter over the grandson. But he doesn't think that. He thinks that because he's not close to his grandchildren, see, he has a pile of grandkids. There's probably 15 of them. Oh, wow. He's not close to any of them. They all live in Florida. So because of that, he doesn't understand why this little kid has so much run of our house. I'm like, I half raised that grandson. He, He lived with me until we moved in together. So we have a very, very close relationship. And I feel closer to him than I do your daughter. He he cannot accept that. He he just won't accept it. He's if they get a toy, he's he's so petty about it. If if they get a toy, he wants me to spend more on her than my grandson because she's first family. Are you kidding me? Nope. But she's his first family. Mm Mm-hmm. Not yours. He doesn't get that. He doesn't get that. So what does your grandson call him? By his first name. Okay. He's not grandpa or anything? No. This little boy already has two grandpas, so he he uh, he calls him by his first name, which, I mean, they don't seem, he doesn't seem to mind that, so. Yeah. But he's and, not and that not close because he's so tough on my grandson that my grandson avoids him and is happy when he's not there, and that makes me sad. Right. And that's what's going to continue to happen. Because your grandson's going to think, I can't do anything right when I'm around him. I always get in trouble. Mm -hmm. If little Susie and I are playing together, I get blamed for everything. So I don't even want to be around him or play with little Susie. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that's sad because they're both only children. So it's taken what used to be really their only, they used to be like siblings. And it's torn that relationship completely up. You know, I hope at some point you can get that through or somebody can get that through to your husband because him taking up for her and fussing at the grandson Mm -hmm. is going to impact their relationship with each other in a negative way. Whereas you may 
also defend your grandson, but you're not blaming things on her. No, I'm not biased. Right. Like that. And that's the difference. Plus, I'd nacho her discipline, and he doesn't nacho my grandson's discipline. He'll say things like, you need to finish eating your food. I would never say that to, to stepdaughter. Never. Never. Have you talked to him about, let me handle grandson and you handle stepdaughter? Yes. And and uh, he gets this look on his face, and he's <laughs> like, that will never work kind of attitude. He's set in his ways. You know how people are when they're around 70 years old. They're set in their ways. Well, and, you know, he's of that time frame of I'm the man of the house. and You're the little lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm, you got to take the good with the bad with people. Yeah. Well, and sometimes the bad isn't even bad. It's just different. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's certainly different. <laughs> and the good thing is that... Your relationship with your grandson, you can still have that awesome relationship with him outside of his relationship with your husband. Yes, that's true. That's true. I have to. Mm -hmm. It does help me nacho because every time stepdaughter comes now where I wouldn't have known really what to do before, if I didn't have my grandson, I'd be kind of at sea with the whole thing. But it's real easy for me to say, well, I'm going to get him. Mm-hmm. He's coming. I'm going to get him. We're going to have us a good weekend. Yes. It keeps me out of the fray. <laughs> yep. You got to I can get my share of cuddling without, you know, needing her to have any kind of relationship. I'd, I'd like to have a relationship with her, but I don't want to need to. Because if you need to, then it becomes a burden on the child. Mm-hmm. Lord knows this kid's got enough people expecting things of her. He doesn't need one more to expect it. Yeah. Why do you think he doesn't have a relationship with his grandkids? Is it just the distance? You know, I I wonder that too, but I honestly think because he kept having children. (laughs) You know how you get, when you have children, you don't have as much time, energy, or resources to lavish on a grandson. I don't know how it would be to have children and grandchildren at the same time in the home, but I'm sure it wouldn't be as easy to, I mean, I can always sit and think, oh, what would grandson like? You know, what? What games would he like to play? Where would he like to go? I have that because that's the only one I have. Mm-hmm. He's got 15 of them and a child and a son that just graduated college. So it's not a whole lot left for them, for the grandchildren. Yeah, he's got his plate full. That's right. That's right. I wonder if he feels bad about that. Like, I can't give my children, my older children, the time I want to because I have such a younger child I'm dealing with? I don't know. I've never asked him that question, but I do know the children resent it. And I've seen the looks on their faces and I've heard little remarks like, oh, here comes little Miss Special Girl. Yeah. Because they were all boys and he always wanted a girl. This is something his mother told me. He didn't tell me that, but he always wanted a little girl. So when he had her, that was the last one. And so, of course... You know, she's the princess of the house. There's nothing wrong with that. But it sure makes the sons feel really bad when they see that their children are completely ignored by their grandfather. He doesn't even acknowledge their birthdays or buy them Christmas presents. And yet. You're you're kidding me. Nope. I have to. Well, at least you're doing it. Yeah. And I I don't take the credit for it because I don't need the credit for it. But they know, the kids know, because if I don't go to Christmas, like if I decide to stay where I'm from, 
then it doesn't happen, you know. So they know where it comes from. The children, the grandchildren probably don't know, but the children know that their father does not even remember when the kids' birthdays are. They know that. And that hurts them a lot. Wow. And like you said, he's at that age. He's he's not going to change probably. No. I even said, give me a calendar book and put the, the grandchildren's birthdays in it. And I'll send something for their birthdays from you and from me. And then they'll get something. No, their granddad was thinking about them. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to mention that again, because I think it would help with his other children to feel a little bit better. I think so, too. Because I know I would be hurt if my parents didn't remember my children on their birthdays and Christmas. And they always do. My parents always remember them. Yeah, it's funny. My niece's birthday is five days after mine. Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad raised her basically the first couple of years of her life. And then my mom ended up raising her from teenager on until my mom passed away. But my dad will put something on there for her birthday on Facebook, say, and then she'll say, thank you for my present or thank you for taking me to dinner. And I'm like, you didn't even tell me, hey, on Facebook or happy birthday on Facebook. That's the same as my parents. My mom planned my daughter's birthday party for this weekend and I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) She invited me to my own daughter's birthday party. (laughs) Well, you know, there's something good to be said about that. First, you were invited. Second, you didn't have to pay for it. And third, you didn't have to plan it. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just funny to me, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad because kids need their grandparents. They really do. It's a constancy in the world, you know, to have your grandparents. Yeah. And it makes me sad to think about with Jackson because my dad honestly has been so consumed with my niece and then my niece's baby, that's now mm-hmm. seven, that he never had time for my son. Was she older or something? My niece is 23. Three-ish, but she had a baby when she was 17. Oh, okay. And then my mom died a year later. I'm sorry. So my dad, you know, always had to help. And he would go get the grandbaby, well, the great grandbaby, Mm -hmm. and keep her for the weekend. Or when my niece started school, he kept her for like six months almost. Wow. Yeah. And I would get so mad because I, thinking you won't drive 25 minutes to come see my kid but you'll drive 45 minutes to go pick her up but you know what the difference is he knows that I can take care of my kid yes that's exactly right that's exactly what it is but that doesn't negate that my son needs grandparents you're right it does and explains it but it doesn't it doesn't solve the problem yeah and explaining it and having what you what you would want for your kid are two different things. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson's actually closer to David's parents than he is my dad, and probably Do they treat even, him well. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the mother-in-law started treating him better after the stepkids moved out. Oh, yeah. Almost like oh, it's the only boy left. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then on his dad's side, I know he doesn't have a whole lot to do with his grandmother on that side, but that's because his dad told her he wasn't going to have a relationship with her if she continued to have a relationship with me. Long story. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he's he's pretty close with um, his dad's dad. 
but I think he's got an uncle in the mountains that he's probably closer to than anybody, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, everybody needs their person. Yeah, we all do. And, you know, when I think about my grandparents and the relationships we had, and it makes me sad that not everybody has that. Yeah, I didn't have grandparents. All of them were alcoholics. So I do, you know, I didn't miss it because I didn't know about it. But now I'm like, wow, that would have been so cool, you know. I remember sitting down with my mama and her telling me about going to the store with five cent to get ice for the freezer and or five cent worth of coffee. And and that was a lot of money back then. (laughs) Grandkids are, you don't have any grandkids yet, do you? I will in the next couple of weeks. Oh, really? Well, if you count a step grandkid. (laughs) But you're pretty close to those children by now. Yeah. Well, it's funny because out of the four, I'm closer to two of them. Mm -hmm. The one that's having the baby is not one of those two, but, but I adore his wife. Oh, well, that's good. Yes. And I love her to death. And actually, he and I have gotten closer since they've been staying here with us, waiting for base housing to get established and all that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh, grandchildren are so fun. And you can give them back. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. That they kid. go away after the weekend. when Just about when you get tired of them, it's time for them to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're going to only be at like an hour and 15 minutes from us. Uh huh. So that's going to be great. That's about the right amount of distance. It's too far for them to be trying to use you as daycare, but <laughs> not so far that you can't do a lot of visiting. It's funny you said that. I was talking to them and I said, so on base housing, do you have to let people know when they're coming? And they said, no, because it's not technically on base. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, so we can just pop up anytime. And Avery looks at me, he said, yeah, but don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking, honey, you ain't got to worry about me doing that. (laughs) No, I'm not a popper-upper either. (laughs) No, no, I'm going to call, and then I'm going to text you before I get there and make sure you're still okay with it. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's funny with grown-up stepkids, isn't it? It's a funny relationship. It's a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. And that's like they asked me what I wanted the baby to call me. And I was like, whatever he wants to. Well, hopefully you get something better than what I got. I got guh. Guh? Guh. Because <laughs> he was a baby. He called mommy ma. Yeah. Daddy was pa. And I was guh. Are you still guh or guh? <laughs> I'm still guh. I can't break it. I've tried. I said, how about Nana? How about this? No, you're always going to be guh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like my mom wanted my niece to call her gammy. Uh-huh. And she got stuck with Mammy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's definitely gonna be interesting and we're very excited. And you know, it's funny seeing all the baby stuff around and shopping for baby clothes. And I can't quit buying stuff and I need oh, to I'm stop. the same way. My son and his wife are having a baby in April, and this is gonna be the first granddaughter. I'm just buying everything. <gasps> well, my niece that has the seven-year-old. She's also got a two-year-old little boy, and she's pregnant with another little girl. So I get to buy boy clothes for the grandbaby and then girl clothes for the whatever they are to me, great nieces. I, <laughs> I don't know. You. I love buying baby stuff. Yes. Oh, it was so, so cute. It's so little. 
I know. And then you hold it up and you think, my baby was this little. And then you start thinking, I just want my baby back. <laughs> now you're going to get a baby back. Uh-huh, sweet little baby. That's right. And you love them so much, but yet you don't have to do everything because you're not the mom. <laughs> that's right. It is the best. Grand- grandparenting, that's a joyful relationship right there. I can't wait for you to, I can't wait to see how much you're going to like it. Oh, well, I'll definitely have to tell you. You will have to tell me. So when your husband corrects your grandson and says, mm-hmm. you know, you need to eat all your food or all your dinner and mm-hmm. stepdaughter sitting there and she's not eating all hers, but he doesn't pay attention to that. How does that make you feel? Two ways. First of all, stepdaughter, she eats super healthy. She's, she's very health conscious for a child. So if say she doesn't finish her food, at least it was healthy food and she will probably eat it later. Because she takes, that's like, first of all, she has an eating disorder now, which is bordering on anorexia. So it's real hard with her, with food. You you really have to be careful what you say because it can cause more problems yeah. than it can help. So people don't really talk to her about finish your food because then she'll stop completely. And grandson doesn't have any of those type of issues. So if he's not eating, it's just because I didn't really like that food. So I get why if the children were like equal in his eyes, I get why he might say something to him, but not her because of her issues. But at the same time, he's a child and he doesn't understand that. So I feel like he feels like unfairly wrong. He's like, why is he getting on my case about this? And she can sit there and play with her food for two hours. Have you talked to him about it, about Mm -hmm. why there's a difference? Yes. I've said, look, just let me cook for him because I know what he likes, which is like five things. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And he can have his grilled cheese or pizza and and you and her can have your vegan, low calorie tofu yuck and everybody will be happy. Yeah. Well, have you said anything to grandson about the differences? He knows. Oh, he knows. He, you don't have to tell him. He'll tell you. He'll he'll tell he'll tell you. Don't say anything to her about this or that. In fact, this weekend, she went. She was painting. She went in the bathroom and she must have been in a hurry because she wiped her hands on the towel with paint all over and got paint all over the new towels. So he found it. Grandson found it. He came running out with it in his hands and said, "Hide it, hide it." I said, "Why?" He said, "You know how upset she gets. Let's soak it and then wash it." But don't tell her that she got pain on the towels because she probably have an anxiety attack. We don't want that, do we? So you never have to tell him anything about any of this because he gets it. And he's not making fun of her. He's stating no. it as a fact. He's sticking up for her and trying to help her. Right. Yeah. And he, he mostly always does that. They fought a little bit when they were like five or six, but now they, they just don't anymore. He just feels sorry for her because she's going through all this stuff. I feel bad for her, too. I do because, you know, she wouldn't have learned to do this if at some point she hadn't felt it. So even if it's not always real, sometimes it is. Yeah. Even if she's doing it for bad reasons, it's still that she feels she has to do it is sad. Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, poor thing. And then when you know she's faking it, you're like, that's not good. That's bad. The kids Mm -hmm. shouldn't do that. And it's like, that's her escape, though. That's her safety feature. Mm-hmm. When things don't go her way or she gets overwhelmed, I'm having an anxiety attack. That just shuts everything else down. It makes things, yeah. I don't want to say easier, but familiar. That's the word I'm looking for. 
Yeah, that's her coping mechanism. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's what people have to do until they learn a better way. Right. So that's where she's at now. And I just have to be patient. Yeah. And grandson is patient too. And that's the good thing about him is he, where she's rigid and upset, he's real flexible and floppy. So he's just like, eh, kind of sucks that he yelled at me about my food, but I don't really care. <laughs> At well, the end that's of the good. day, I'm going to eat what I want to eat, and my grandmother's going to stick up for me if he gets too tough on me. That's so right. He yeah, he doesn't really, like, lose his mind over it. He's thinking, don't make me sit gah on you. Is it gah or guh? Gah. Like G-A? G-A? It's, it's G. He spells it G-A-H. So okay, gah. gah. I guess. Yeah, gah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows it's never going to go too far. He, he knows he and I are both the same. We'll put up with a few weird things that you say we we might you're not going to jump off every time you say something off the wall like you got to finish four brussels sprouts before you can get up we might just look at each other like whatever psycho (laughs) he leaves the room we'll just throw it in the trash can and keep on moving (laughs) you are enabling your grandson and i love it (laughs) he's got to get some of the leeway you know i know so what would you say to Someone you know that is getting ready to get into a blended relationship. I would tell them they should probably join the Nacho Academy because it's going to give them. I mean, I go to therapy and I pay good money for it. So you got to get it somewhere. Plus the all the Nacho stuff. If you're not going to a therapist, you know, a professional, you probably need the Academy to start out. If I would have known about it before I blended. I would have joined for sure because it saved my life. The theory of it saved my life. It really did. That in conjunction with therapy, I'm going through a very difficult situation with stepdaughter, but yet I'm sane and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be if I didn't know about Nacho. I'd be a mess. You don't feel like you need to leave the relationship? Nope. I can do me and I can know that it's okay to do me because I have other people like you telling me, that's what you have to do to make yourself be okay and to make your family be okay. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise I would feel very guilty about it. Yeah. I would feel like I had to fix it, but knowing mm-hmm. that she is not my child and that I don't have to fix it makes it much easier to live with. Yes, it does. Well, you have definitely come a long way and I'm so glad you know how to nacho. Me too. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. Honestly. Oh, well, thank you for being a guest and sharing your story. And, you know, I still haven't lost faith that you can get DH to nacho your grandson. So I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to give it the old college try. There you go. (laughs) All right, Lori. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. David, I know you weren't a part of this interview, but one thing that was also interesting was how the stepmom talks about the dynamics between her and stepdaughter changing once stepmom retired. So stepmom was home more Mm. and that changed the dynamics. And a lot of times we forget that simple things change the dynamics. COVID changed the dynamics of a lot of families and not in a good way. Mm -mm. It changed the dynamics of some families in a good way. People were able to spend more time together, which again can be positive or negative. (laughs) Yeah. But simple things that we don't realize affect the kids do affect them. You wouldn't think that stepmom retiring would change her relationship with the stepdaughter, but it did. Mm -hmm. 
And we also talked about how stepmom felt that the stepdaughter was thrown on her in the beginning, kind of forced on her. Yeah. Yeah. That happens more often than it should. Anybody listening to this, do not push your kids on the step parent. That bond has to form naturally and over time. Yeah. Well, at least if you want it to be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- that's a mistake we made. You know, I've talked about it before how I've, you know, I felt like I was plucking out mom and wife and then putting in you to be mom and wife and, and how that's completely two different roles and didn't work out well. You know what I found really interesting? And this happens more than people realize. The stepmom had picked her up from school one day. Stepmom felt like they had a really good long talk. A few days later, stepdaughter told her dad she didn't want stepmom ever picking her up again from school because it made her anxious the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do hear about that. Yeah. So the stepkid is with the stepmom, and things seem to be going great. And the next thing you know, the stepkid goes to their bio parent and says, Oh, I hated it when she picked me up from school. Please don't ever let that happen again. It makes me anxious and I feel sick and I don't like it. Well, wait a minute. Little Susie was just jamming to the 80s with stepmom in the car. Ice, ice, baby. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, please don't make me go through that again. It confuses the crap out of step parents. Yeah. Wait a minute and understand this wasn't her telling her bio mom this. This was her telling her bio dad, which is stepmom's husband. Yeah. Well, it it could be that she felt that way and and she just kind of went along with it because she felt trapped in the car. Uh, but more often than not, it's a couple things. Like you you said, it's the the stepkid is like, oh my gosh, I, I shouldn't enjoy this. <laughs> I shouldn't like talking to stepmom. But usually it's that way when it's the bio mom, not mm-hmm. the bio dad. Right. Yeah, it is usually that way. But that just goes to show that the, the dynamics between different individuals in the household, I mean, it can shift. Mm-hmm. I know that happened with us. I would think things were going okay, and next thing you know, your mom would be calling up here raising cane. The boy said. Mm, yeah, I mean, it happened to me. Like, I think everything's going okay, and then all of a sudden they're complaining about something. I'm like, thought everything was great. Everybody's happy, having a good time. Next thing you know, you know. I went and used the bathroom, come back out, and all heck broke loose. (laughs) (laughs) And that is true, folks. I know it's true. That's why I was like, everybody come to the bathroom with me. (laughs) No, you did not. I cannot let you out of my sight. Some some parents are going, I know exactly what he's talking about. (laughs) Hurry up. I can't go nowhere, do nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm scared to death that, you know, we're going to have Armageddon happen if I go anywhere. Hey, my mama felt like that, and we were a nuclear family, so. Oh, you were nuclear, all right. About ready to explode at any moment. All right, we're going to end on that note, folks. <laughs> all right, folks, thanks for listening. and Join us again next week for another interview and some more boundless wisdom from me. <laughs> Help. Remember, for Lori and myself, that life is good. When you notcha. When you notcha. Listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.